I'm Uncle Dave Griffin. Sean Clark. This is Sean Clark and our, our man behind the scenes over there, Justin Mercer of Caution Light Media. Light Media. Mm-hmm. And our guest this week is Mr. Aaron Lane from Brantley County, Georgia. Brantley County. Which is, uh, it, it right kind of connects, it butts right up against Ware County where we've where we live, and uh, as a matter of fact, Brantley County is where my mama was from. Mm. Yeah, she grew up there on the uh, edge, the eastern, uh, the the western side of Hoboken. Okay, and uh, uh, so welcome. Thank you to something <laughs> in the water podcast. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. How about you, Mike? Is that cool? Is that good? Need to be closer. That's right, good. Good. Well, uh, thank you all for tuning in again. Um, coming from Brantley County, um, as a musician, you know, there for there for a long time when I was coming along, there weren't a whole lot of uh, bands coming out of Brantley County. I think one of the first guitar players, and he he might have been borderline. Brantley County, Pierce County was Steve, uh, uh, I believe his name was Steve Howell. And, uh, Sounds familiar. Yeah. He played in a little uh, trio down at the uh, Steakhouse Lounge in Waycross. Masterful guitar player. Nice. But, uh, so tell us a little bit about how uh, you got into music. Well, like you said, Brantley is is very traditional in in a lot of different ways, I think. But I grew up a lot on my dad uh, playing bluegrass music because oh, cool. out in Brantley, uh, Slaughterville, Hoboken, mm-hmm. wherever you want to yeah. call it, um, they have the Twin Oaks Park and they do um, bluegrass, bluegrass festivals. festivals Absolutely. Yeah. And, cool. man, just like the harmony and mm-hmm. all that stuff really really helped me uh shape you know and start liking bands like crosby stills nash yeah. and um even along to stuff like dr dog if you know those oh, guys yeah. Yeah. yeah so it kind of you like the harmonies that. yeah yeah absolutely the harmony bands that that very much adds adds to a lot and it, that's always something that catches my ear because mm-hmm. of i believe because of all the how old stuff. were you about this time when you were first 
feeling your way into it. When I first actually, like, something caught my eye, it really wasn't bluegrass because, you know, that was kind of a run-of-the-mill thing. Hey, mm -hmm. we're going out here. You know, I would hear it and be like, wow, that sounds good every once in a while. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until um, I was about 10 or 12. Um, I We were riding in the, uh, in the truck with my... My uncle Brian, he's like, which he was like 16 at the time when I'm like 10 or 12. Uh-huh. And um, he's like, man, have you guys ever heard this? And he shows us the CD of uh, Californication by Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> okay. And I was like, what? We were like, what is this? And the only thing I'd heard up until then was country music on the radio, maybe some sync kind of stuff, and uh, bluegrass. Okay. And he turns on, um, I don't think it was Californication. I think it was Other Side. How long, how long will I yeah. slide? Yeah, and it was just yeah. like, okay, what yeah. is this? There's more to it. Yeah, there's there's like, <laughs> and it, it just blew. It's, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it because mm -hmm. I was just like mind blown. This like, oh, you can do. Because another thing to that exact point, the first time I heard uh, Midnight in Montgomery by Alan Jackson, uh -huh. it was like, Oh, this song's scary. <laughs> I, you can make. I know you can make scary movies, but you can make a song that's yeah, scary too. Scary songs, that's, which was super cool. Mm. So it's a lot of different influences because of you know growing up in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden getting a a punch in the face of some <laughs> culture from somewhere else. You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Basically, the same thing happened to me, you know, as as a youngster, you know. Uh, uh, so I guess uh, things are really no different. Uh, it's just there's uh, you got more access to things nowadays than you right. did in in uh, 1964. When I was ten in 1964, I laid on the floor and watched the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. As right. a matter of fact, it would have been February 9th and. Today we're taping. Today is actually February the third, so yeah. we're almost on a like fifty seventh anniversary Man. of the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. That's super cool! Wow. And so that was my kind of like eye opening experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, whoa, you know, mind blowing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you have? Uh, Ten. Uh, yeah. MTV. <laughs> okay. The, the good MTV. MTV. The, the good MTV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not ridiculous. Person daily. But, um, <laughs> yeah. It, it hit, like, before I was, before it came to Waycross where we had it, uh, I had family in Savannah and I'd go there and they had MTV and I was like, what? <laughs> this is crazy. He won't leave the house. But I, and I guess before that, video wise, they would have not. Tracks, night tracks. I remember night tracks and was on TBS. Yeah, and then there was a uh, pop up video, flight, night flight. You remember pop up, pop -up video? video? I from do VH1 was oh, so yeah. good. Yeah, night tracks was TBS. Night flight might have been like an ABC or yeah. something. But I used to stay up late, getting and in, and watch that yeah. on the weekends, and I, I was That's just cool. <laughs> I just loved. Any like everything that came on there, I was like, "This is crazy. This is cool." Is there a certain video you remember, like music video, uh, just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I remember a bunch of Duran <laughs> Duran, <laughs> Flock of Seagulls. Yeah, uh, I was pulling up some for Bess, my wife, the other night. Uh, 
she didn't want to go down that road, but I was just <laughs> look at this video. What do you think about this? David Lee Roth, Yankee Rose. She's like, this would get so canceled right now. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so it's, it's so it's so wild. This could not happen in this today's whatever. All the womanizing videos. <laughs> oh yeah. Pretty funny though. But could I, be worse. <laughs> but you know, being from a small town like this, and then when you see something, when your eye gets opened up to some craziness like that, you're like, I want that. I want to do that. And that's what I wanted to well, start that's playing what guitar, it was you know? basically all about. You know, that's what uh, the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, you know, every household in a, in America that that could tune into CBS. Uh, had their minds blown. Had their minds blown. Got a little and, bit uh, of rock and roll. And that's when you saw an immediate impact because on Monday morning, there was little kids at every music store in America, you know, buying guitars and drums and all, mm -hmm. and garage bands popping awesome. up everywhere, Man. you know. Uh, me, I didn't get into the music though till a few more years down the road, you know, but uh, we uh, did take it upon ourselves to, uh, was living in a trailer park in Albany, Georgia, when, when the Beatles came out, 64, and uh, we did fashion ourselves some homemade guitars out of uh plywood uh a, some kind of a stick and uh uh roofing nails for the tuners <laughs> and wow. clothesline wire <laughs> strung from the uh the roofing nails down to to the end of the guitar down here we stood out there with them uh ancient uh <laughs> relics underneath the the middle of the uh, trailer park had a, a grass median with pecan trees in it and little old tiny street lamps ever so often. We'd get right underneath the street lamp at dark with them makeshift guitars singing Beatles songs. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. With love from me to you. Clank, 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 clank. I've got arms that long to hold you. Uh, just but, cats yeah. clawing each other it was uh <laughs> but i guess every generation you know has has something that stirs it up for sure you, you kind of got us completely that's weird well, yeah, that's I mean, way cooler that was, than anything yeah, yeah. dave's always got to one up you well, yeah. i was there with the beatles i know <laughs> so uh made history uh, your little poison band or what have you <laughs> well, it's like, and, uh, that's pretty pretty cool though your your MTV story and MTV is was the music just wasn't as cool as it I was, thought it was it was time. dying when when at the very end when I was when I was growing right. up on it yeah because it's I nothing. remember like TLC oh yeah um, music yeah, I already, videos I was already like getting out at that yeah. point yeah starting it's, to be what was that uh, uh, program they had on about put a bunch of people in a house together oh real world. Uh, Big Brother or the Real World, real world. either one. Yeah. Some guy named Puck uh, was the yeah. <laughs> was the episode world, I watched. Real World 90, two. 94. I think that was the second season. <laughs> reality television. And uh, like a bicycle that was the beginnings of reality TV, and now there's nothing but reality That's TV. That's it, man. Mm -hmm. No reality, though. No, yes. but you, you, but those are your lyrics that Scripted I'm taking it. from you right now. So, oh yeah, <laughs> saw it on TV, ain't it? 
Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> I do that. Dave lets me play that song so that I do that. Oh, well, saw it on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Song that I wrote with the help of Corey Bradley and uh, Ian Dunlop, the bass player for the International Submarine Band. There and I go. heard it on the Woodgrains yeah, first Wood album. Yeah, Woodgrains had a. From something from mm -hmm. uh, to Vanita. I yeah, remember that. The street names. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Street from names. something to. It was yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, good stuff. Oh, well, Woodgrains. That, that, that was a killer. Throwing it band. back. Three, three young boys from Waycross, Georgia. That, I miss it, man. Whew, it was a different. And they were so. I Together. turned them on to Dr. Dog. That's what happened. Yes. That's what Dr. that's when they started Dog. going. Pew. Yeah, yeah. That's probably one of the but first people I heard it from. Oh my God. So good. So good. So young. Uh Dylan, Evan, Nick mm -hmm. all graduated in two thousand ten, oh, eight? maybe. No, eight? no, no, I was I was ten, so they either they were oh nine or oh uh, eight, okay. one or the other. All right. And then they immediately Moved to Athens, Athens, UGA, become a college band, and they get up there and get even tighter. God, it's so good. With the music. And, uh, I remember just a phenomenal group. I remember yeah. seeing them at the creek. Mm -hmm. And and that's when I was, like I said, I was into Crosby, Stills, and Nash around that time. I was like senior and they in did, high school. they were too. And they did yeah. uh, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. Yeah. And it was like they killed the that. point. It was note for note uh -huh. and i was just like oh my god you that's when i realized i was like you guys are on another level dude no there, one can do this i don't mm -hmm. know if this is the same time you heard that but i i had this little ipod that had the video on it whatever classic one that was but uh i was the creek was packed and they were playing that song and i went through the crowd the whole song, and like I'm getting it, like there's everybody in Waycross history is in this room, right, right, right. And like I'm getting like it's on Reactions. Facebook if you can find it. It's, nice. it's black and white, but it's uh, yeah. it's it's a great video, and they're playing that song. Such a good song. That's yeah. neat. So they were inspired by by the mm -hmm. the harmony bands. I mean, you can listen to them and tell that you know. Yeah, they were they, already into that when I told them about. That's big, why I told them about them. Beatles yeah. fans, Crosby, Stills, Nash fans. Uh, Dr. Dog, you know, they the came zombies, on down the line just, like just like you, man. Zombies? Zombies. I love great, zombies. Another great 60s band. Absolutely. Yeah. But that was stuff I was getting into. With it, just like, <clears throat> like stupid <clears throat> stuff like that. I love that. Vocalism. Yeah. Time of the season. Good stuff. Yeah, boy. Um, so you're from a, uh, a musical family. Your right. daddy... Uh, uh, it's Dobro player. Dobro. Right? Well, yeah. anything with strings, but yeah, anything that's, with that's strings, what he likes to play. That's what he liked to play. That's when I first met him. Uh, you were probably real little when I first met your daddy. Roger. And I don't remember exactly how I met him. Uh, it was probably through either the Bluegrass Festival out there or some other reason. Mm -hmm. But uh, you, you got a lot of, uh, you got a big family siblings right how well, many i got i just got austin as my brother that's all yeah that's it. i thought you had i got what? a big uh extended family though okay like my mom has her uh blood family and then the family she was adopted into and then my dad has his whole family too which we got we got a lot of cousins but as, as far as your mom and daddy uh 
uh, were they previously married? Mm-mm. Okay. Just them. All right. So it's just you and Austin is the Austin. only two kids? For sure. And both Where of y'all are into music. That? Austin's yeah. into music. For sure. Yeah. I'm sure y'all just amazing drummer and guitar player, right? For some yeah. reason, I thought you had a slew of brothers. <laughs> now, do you have a lot did, in those bands that you played in in the past? Was that... Uh, we have... Cousins in some of those. Ryan uh, Middleton was our guitar player. Uh-huh. He played keys for us sometimes. He played guitar, yeah. but he's mistaken for uh, for our for Elaine a lot because he <laughs> okay. he's, he's got the same pretty much same haircut and freckles. Okay. And, that might have been what yeah yeah what it was. But, but we get that a lot. So, but you and your brother Austin, you guys started y'all were, the first bands y'all were in were together for right? sure. Yeah yeah we did. Uh, well I I'm just starting to learn playing guitar like after i graduated high school um i was like into all that guitar hero stuff and i was like i got to the point where i was like playing rock band multiplayer playing guitar and like singing the parts at the same time and i was like there's a guitar right there like i'm wasting time i can just do this so i did and by the time i was getting decent at guitar austin was like hey i'm starting a band do you just like you want to learn how to play bass i was like sure he like showed me one of the bass lines he wrote and i did it and like Right after he showed me, he's like, "Yeah, you got it. Okay." <laughs> so we started doing that. Uh, the Red Bugs. Uh, we had uh, our friend Chad Scott in there. He was doing vocals sometimes too, playing acoustic. And then we kind of went to a four-piece um, drummer. You know, Austin. Austin was playing guitar. I was playing bass. And Ryan was either playing uh, keys or something on mm-hmm. the side. But. Um, we did Swamp Town in 2012. Mm-hmm. And as the Red Bugs. As the Red Bugs. 2013 was Signals. Um, signals. And uh, we were getting into I was doing some originals. Austin was doing some originals. And that's where Shady Tree came from originally. That's right. That was another group, Shady Tree. Well, that was a, that's the song that I wrote. We played that with Signals. And then when I started doing the Electric Owl stuff, Shady we did Tree Shady was Tree. a song. Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. So when we started doing... That's just always that's just something that has come with come with me. Just that song, just you know, it's grooving enough. Mm-hmm. Getting some bass lines in there. Yeah, I remember y'all sent me a a demo of of that, uh, or a demo of of signals. Yeah, yeah. might have had several songs on it. Oh yeah. Uh, so you played Swamp Town with. Uh, Red bugs in twelve, signals in thirteen. Then there was a little bit of a break there. Then you resurfaced with a band called Electric Owl. Electric Owl, and I believe it was uh, eighteen, twenty eighteen, nineteen, and then twenty. Sure. And uh, and then the band went different ways. For in, sure, in dwindled. 20, in twenty, yeah. It's been a. A combination of things in 20. Y'all were quite popular, though. I yeah. like to think so. <laughs> so what's your main deal these days? Um, I've mainly been doing solo shows, just kind of doing uh, covers, you know, any bars around, doing the Uncle Dave thing. Mm-hmm. And I play with a band called Young Americans. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah okay. I've been singing I thought for I saw you on some flyers there. For sure. Stuff. Well, I've been playing a little bit of keys and, and singing with them, man. Those guys they're are good. They're um, unbelievable, dude. Yeah. Whew. 
So are you are you like singer now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, their singer Kyle had to kind of take a step back. They're also starting their old band, Faster Faster, back, which was which was huge back in the day when I was in um, when I was in high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're he's kind of falling back, focusing on that, and I'm kind of taking his place when mm-hmm. we're just doing the bar stuffs. But man, I I love their the songs that they choose. And uh, that's really just my kind of style. And it's pretty good repertoire, for sure. What I've heard, they do like Fame, yeah, from David Bowie, and then we do like Love and Happiness by Al Green, mm-hmm. and like uh, Get Down on It, Cool in the Game, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. But dude, it's so much. It's a lot. And of the fun. guy uh, that you replaced in there, uh, the clips that I've seen of him, Kyle. He, yeah, he had a a pretty, uh, a pretty sing. good range. Absolutely, you know, which is something that you're known for. I, I'll Your try. vocals, you, you know, you try to keep it. Spread he out. sings high. He sings higher than. <laughs> let's see. I don't know of an analogy to put. I'd I'd have to say that uh, if I were to sing as high as he Aaron, sings higher than Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Cheech and Chong, no. <laughs> that's pretty high. If 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 I was to hit some of the notes that Aaron hits, I'd have to be wearing tight underwear. Woo! I get that. We and have it being twisted at the same time with a torque wrench. That's Mariah Scary. <laughs> Mariah Scary. Man, I was listening to, because I, I don't know if you guys know, I did some of those uh, Christmas songs back in before in uh, the end of 2020, and I was listening to Oh Holy Night by Mariah Carey, really? and she's singing this one, and I'm like singing along with it when I'm in the car, and I was like, man, I could do, I was like, wow, this is pretty good, but you know, I can do these notes. And then she goes, the next octave up, and I was mm. like, Oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> That's when she got oh. the paycheck. Yeah, just like, just scream, just doing the, the her throat whistles is what I call them. Well, Stupid she thing. is a girl. It's crazy. The, what's her, it's not that one. What's her big Christmas hit? Um, uh, and all I don't, one for I, Christmas is you. Yeah, I don't even think, I think is that her original? Yeah, yeah. I'm she not did sure it. somebody she wrote, wrote it. it, but no, she wrote it. She wrote. Well, it? I don't. Well, she was in there when they were doing it, so she has. <laughs> okay. So she she has. makes more money off of that <laughs> song. She she makes enough money off that song to retire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it comes back every, every year, year. And, and that's what I always heard is if you can have a hit Christmas song. Seasonal. You're set, son. You're done. Yeah. Was Grandma got around everybody. Rain. <laughs> Ain't it? Even that. Say. <laughs> or what's like, was it simply having a wonderful Christmas? Christmas? So yeah. terrible. So, so this is yeah. Christmas. <laughs> and what have you done? I, I like to like that John one Lennon a little bit was more. was a little more acerbic. But, um, but it, it was great. Still makes, makes that money. Bank oh, every year. Man. You know, his kids are just living <laughs> Even a crappy Christmas, Christmas hit is going to be played every year. Because they sure. only got 20. Grandma <laughs> <20. laughs> got run over by a reindeer. Yeah. You're going to hear it. Horrible. Bad. I've always wanted. Uh, I've always been told to like, yeah, you need a Christmas song. I'm like, eh, I don't know. But if you could get one, it's a good one though. A it's so one. hard to get a real good one. That, yeah. Which is, I mean, I tried to pick out some good ones. I did like, um, I, saw, I caught. I'll one be home for Christmas video that you did. You're in, in the yard. Guy. Yeah, yeah. My buddy Wesley <laughs> did that. Check out uh, Wesley Bauer. He's he's awesome. Um, he does Austin's. He's doing Austin's next video as well. Um, we did I'll Be Home for Christmas. Uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. You know, I try to pick out the the real crooner style, yeah. the good ones. You know, yeah, the good yeah. ones that you actually like listening to, that you're not like. Next. 
those classics. Yeah, the classics that were written in the 30s, you know, when it, uh, it was, uh, uh, what was those guys' names? Uh, Jer- Jerome Kearns. Wasn't he a great songwriter? Uh, like I, uh, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and uh, Bing Crosby. Uh, I know Bing Crosby. One it. of them. Uh, it was either White Christmas or Let It Snow. I think it might have been Let It Snow. Was written in July in Los Angeles, California. Wow. You know, so you got to want to write a Christmas song, ain't it? That's that's uh, what I'm talking about. He probably ascribed to that uh, philosophy that mm-hmm. you was just touting over there about if you. If you can write a Christmas song, so he probably sat down in July and said, "Let's do this. Let's get. It. I'm gonna get some well, money." Well, uh, from production, that's when they record Christmas albums. In, yeah, yeah. Well, in the yeah. so you can, yeah, true, you have true. Yeah, have have at least six months of 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 work time. It's mm-hmm. just a Mercer chime production. Just to <laughs> just be able to release. That was when the 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 best movies, the best albums, and all used to come out right before Christmas. Ain't it? I knew you had always money. used to love that. Something about that time of year, man. Yeah. I was born on Christmas Eve, so I've always had this love-hate relationship with Christmas. <laughs> well, I'm tired of seeing Santa Claus on my birthday cake. It's cakes. my birthday. It's my birthday. It's not me. I throw a tantrum and I throw the cake. <laughs> the cake has like Santa on it. Yeah. Like, this is about me, daddy. Yeah. And your folks would be like, Jesus Christ. I, I do remember being a little snotty kid. And, and I mean, I'm six or something. And it was probably the coolest cake I ever had. Right. It was like a sheet cake, and it uh, had actual Santa Claus and the reindeer on it, and the, all the little trees and stuff. And uh, I mean, like standing up on it. And yeah, I was yeah. like, "I'm tired of Christmas <laughs> on my birthday." And like, they were like, well, "Aren't you a little shit?" Yeah. <laughs> all the Christmas paper on the presents and stuff. Man, I, I guess that was the first year I realized. Wait a minute, <laughs> I'm getting everybody else has got balloons. I'm getting rip off, rip off. And it, it's hard to get anybody to show up on Christmas Eve. To for sure. Except yeah. for your grandparents. That's heavy. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, we're going to do Christmas too. Yeah. So that's fine. They're like, Merry Christmas, happy birthday. I'm like, what? And my sister's birthday was in July. She always had the pool party. Right. So, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. Got a little Christmas. Well, uh, sorry, I'm still uh, resent my parents yeah, for resent this. My parents. <laughs> I used to try to talk them into, why can't we just have our birthday together? Have a big party. And they're like, no. You're, we're, we didn't have you then. Your friends aren't coming over. We're, we're not going to break the rules. We're not rules. spending the double money at the same That's time. The rules of the birthday. Right you have it when you're born. Yeah. Mine was right around Labor Day all the time. Connor, my son, was three days after 4th of July. So you know how it is when you a summer birthday as opposed to a school year birthday. I mean... When you're in school and your birthday comes along, you get to send them out. You get to carry your invitations to all your classmates yeah, yeah, and just yeah. hand mm-hmm. them out. And you have a Not ton me. of people over and a ton of presents. Yeah, <laughs> must be nice. If it's summertime, <laughs> what are like friends? Connor's birthday, it was like there, there ain't no school. There ain't no people you can invite. Except, mail them out. except your real hardcores. Right. So. I enjoyed Connor's birthday. Say, it's last your time. birthday. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. We hung out. It was good stuff. We had some jams. Jammed yeah. out. It was a very good time. It was a good time. Enjoyed that. Well, speaking of jams, how about we take a little short break and uh, we'll be right back in just a second with some Aaron Lane originals. Yeah. 
Something in my brain won't let me stray Something in my veins gonna find its way Something in the water taught me how to pray All right, we're back from break, and uh, here's some music from original music from Aaron Lane. Hello. All right, this song is called uh, Do Something. I'm working on a little five, six song acoustic EP, and this is going to be on it. So, hope you dig it. Just out walking and it all just seemed to happen Yeah, I saw something that I'd never seen Well, there were roads to nowhere Even street signs led you right To all the paths you seek To wander endlessly Why can't you see it clearly? I have tried my best, I mean I'm just looking out for you Oh, but who knew? You do something that you've never done before Do something that you've never done before I've wasted so much time Spending two cents just for chimes Get up and fly away Everything I say not one regret I've earned Not a slight bit of concern For how it makes me feel Sure I know right from wrong And I can write words to this song But I can't get to you Always misconstrued So I'll do something that I've never done before I'll do something that I've never done before Well, I'm still steady walking on this path that's overgrown And it's hard to place my steps Still I lose my breath I was so sure I'd assured you I would risk all life and limb to make a way for you Even if it makes me the fool But as far as I can see It wouldn't take much more than leaves to burn it all anyway So what's left to say? Do something that you've never done before Do something that you've never done before But don't think for one second I'm lost 
But don't think for one second that I don't know the cause You have to accept what is gone and turn away You can't face it any other way And there's a place in my head where I go when I'm alone And there I can stop and think about everything And this is where I'll go to discern my very soul From whatever I've done to hurt everyone All in all along this dark and dangerous road home I'll simply carry on Yes, I will carry on And I'll do something that I've never done before Go do something that you've never done before Do something. You got another one you're going to do for us? Yeah, that one is... That's that's a song I probably wrote back in 2014, something like that. But this one is called uh, Things I Think. And it's it's probably the the, the newest complete song I've, I've wrote. And it's a little more energy than that one. So. Have a sip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I hope I'm 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 sure a lot of people can. Well, more people can. Um, they can feel this one. I'm sure I'll spend my whole life just waiting for the next big thing that's gonna come my way. I'm terrified I've wasted too much time already. I'm just standing in line. But do I ever change my way? Or is all this ache and pain in vain because of my heart? Yeah. Uh, every day I'm so reminded by so many things I only think I'm doing wrong. Is there some kind of flaw in my design? Is there some kind of reason for my manic state of Just holding on because we're scared to learn this night. 
do I go on living? Cause with all of these discrepancies that I cannot change, will I learn to forgive myself for every one that I've caused pain? But oh, just looking, I can see it now. My conscience clean and the ability to simply sleep at night But still I'm shaking and I'm taken back I know that I'll never even make it out alive Is there some kind of flaw in my design? Is there some kind of reason for my manic state of mind? Is there any kind of reason in this life? Or are we all just holding on because we're scared to learn this now? Cause I won't pretend I know it all And find myself to blame Cause I can't depend on anyone at all And so it seems these days These Is there some kind of reason for my manic state of mind? Is there any kind of reason to suffice? Nothing makes any sense anymore. I'm scared to see the light. That was awesome, buddy. Thanks, we yeah. we appreciate that. Uh, good songs, too. Yeah. Thank you. I felt like uh, the uh, ghost of Freddie Mercury was smiling down. <laughs> I was, I was hearing some Robert Plant in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love those guys. That's like two favorite it's, it's, vocalists. It's that uh, that multi octave stuff going on. You yes, know, that we was talking about earlier. Um. And that you said that those that last song was the uh, uh, that was the debut yeah, performance yeah. of that. A, I, I played it um, for like live, but you know how many people pay attention to that, right? So uh, recorded, yeah, recorded, absolutely, recorded first version. time debut recorded. record. And we're proud to have that on the Something in the Water podcast, folks. Yeah. You heard proud it here to first. Be there. Aaron Lane. He also did. Uh, <laughs> Justin also recorded my first and only recording of man with a microphone check that out um, what was that on which one was that on caution light? caution lights um, um un, uncut un, uncut yeah okay uncut caution yeah. light media uncut uncut number 24 <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so, um, so these two songs are going to be on a EP. You said? EP, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working on a little acoustic EP out. Uh, just I'm going to self produce, uh, just to get some of uh, the original stuff, the feel good stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? Kind of uh, Jack Johnson, Paul Simon. Yeah. From those two opposite ends of the acoustic spectrum. Yeah. That's a little bit in there. And you also do you you also do a podcast. Yes. Uh well, Down Here on Earth podcast. Down here on Earth. Down here on Earth. All right. It's Tell a little us bit about of that. It's a little bit just anything that you can talk about that we can talk about that uh pulls people um together a little bit yeah. because we all have more in common than we don't. Exactly. So I agree, I agree people with only that. talk about what we don't have in common. Exactly. That's what do people like guests? to talk about. Yeah, I'm working on getting uh, Duncan uh, from Frank, Frank and the Jobber. They got a podcast, comedy podcast, him and Frank Sykes. I want to get both of them on there. Cool. Uh, my buddy Wesley, who does a bunch of, uh, he does Park Sharks, which is a skate park uh, documentary series that he goes out and checks all the skate parks out. It's super cool. Yeah. And then I'll have my brother on there eventually. Want to just bring bring everybody on there i wanted to have like rick bennett on and talk about star child and yeah. stuff like that take yeah. it way back take well, it way back uh, speaking of rick he'd be a good one to have yeah mm-hmm. on here too i've said that a many times but uh, absolutely bring back the rock and roll well i guess it's about time for another tale of the week mm-hmm. and uh the one that uh I've selected for for those of you just tuning in. Tales of the Week is a uh, uh, a blog that I wrote uh, uh, back in uh, let's see, uh, two thousand. Uh, well, it was for about uh, it's about uh, two and a half years. I wrote a weekly blog that went online and in the local newspaper, and also had a book published with twenty five of the blogs in it. And this is one of them. And uh, this week. <laughs> We're all in, the pretty boys. All the pretty boys <laughs> by Paul McCartney from Liverpool. <laughs> Problematic. No, this is a, actually this one is called "Saw It on TV," all which right. is the name of a song which, which uh, we talked about earlier in this podcast. Uh, Foreshadowing uh, song that was uh, written with the help of Corey Bradley and uh, Ian, Ian Dunlop, and. Uh, and uh and Aaron, was, Aaron plays this song out loud. Aaron, it was one of Aaron's favorites. I remember he you messaged me on Facebook one time and said, Can I have the lyrics, please? Sir? Yes. And, so what uh, is this chord? <laughs> what is this about? Hey, Major and, uh, messing me up. Basically, Who's it's Mighty about Mouse? it's about everything that I grew up with. Me and television basically grew up together. I was born in fifty three and television entered you know, right there at the tail end of the forties, early fifties. And, uh, so we grew up together, me and TV did. And, uh, a song that, 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 uh, uh, me and my friends co-wrote, uh, kind of, uh, identified, uh, the, uh, the change of television from its infancy into what it is now and, uh, how we missed that old innocence. It's called saw it on TV. Here's a little segment uh, from the uh, second verse. It says, Lee Harvey shot Kennedy. Then Jack Ruby, he shot old Lee. I saw Walter Cronkite cry as the funeral casing rolled on by. The Beatles stopped the bleeding some in 64 on Ed Sullivan. 
But black and white don't bleed blood red as the world turned around on my TV set. I was born on September 1st, 1953. Me and television grew up together. It was all very innocent to begin with. The first show I can remember was the Mickey Mouse Club starring Annette Funicello and those big, beautiful uh, mouse ears. <laughs> Saturday morning gave us all sorts of entertainment from Mighty Mouse cartoons to Western favorites, The Lone Ranger, The Roy Rogers Show, Sky King, and Tales of the Texas Rangers. As the 60s rolled around, Lucy and Ricky and Rob and Laura Petrie were still sleeping in separate beds. And it would remain that way until Norman Mailer started making waves 10 years later with All in the Family. But by then, we had all lost a bit of innocence. In November of 63, I was in the fifth grade at Sylvester Road Elementary School in Albany, Georgia. The following is a memory replayed by just about every baby boomer I've ever met. My fifth grade teacher, Ms. Council, came into the classroom crying. She told us the president had been shot and that we would be excused for the rest of the day. And I'm sure at uh, 10 years of age, I might have been a little bit happy about getting out of school early. But when I got home, I found my mama sitting and crying in front of the TV, watching as NBC newsmen Chet Huntley and David Brinkley narrated in disbelief. Seeing all these adults visibly shaken, it was beginning to sink in that this was pretty heavy stuff that I might need to be concerned about. So I watched. And I remember the images. President Kennedy smiling and waving. Jackie Kennedy crawling over the back seat toward the Secret Service agent as the Continental sped away. Walter Cronkite removing his black-rimmed spectacles, his voice quavering as he officially announced the death of the president. Jack Ruby firing into Lee Harvey Oswald's stomach while the detective James Lavelle, the big dude in the white cowboy hat, recoiled in horror. Little John Kennedy saluting his daddy's coffin as it rolled by, all on live black and white television. By February of 1964, America was more than ready for a pleasant distraction. It came in the form of four British musicians on CBS's acclaimed variety show, Ed Sullivan. Millions tuned in. Even criminal activity stopped for the few minutes the Beatles played. Innocence was ours again. The Beatles' music, positive and uplifting, continued through the 60s. Their message was love, but the television told another story. I remember thumbing through a Life magazine in 65 and seeing photos of U.S. soldiers in a place called Vietnam a world away from Waycross. Little by little, that miserable mistake of a war eased into our homes, our hearts, and our minds, a constant backdrop on the evening news as we gathered at the supper table. By the end of the decade, the Beatles were on the verge of breaking up. We had put a man on the moon. 
A half million kids in upstate New York gathered in the name of peace, love, and music. The war in Vietnam was escalating, and we now owned a new color TV. And on color TV, blood bleeds red. <laughs> Tell of the week. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> <laughs> Got Ooh. heavy on me. I'm holding back tears over here. <laughs> I, you know, we do want to thank our good buddy Aaron Lane for joining us this time on uh, Something in the Water. And uh, thank you all for watching. We appreciate it so much and uh, urge you much. to uh, tell your friends and neighbors about us and uh, like and subscribe and rate, review, comment. All the stuff that you're supposed to do. Mash all the buttons. Mash all the buttons. You know it's fun. At <laughs> once. All of it. <laughs> we love you. Come back and see us. We'll see you later. Hey.